0: Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly
1: source for industry education, news, and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi.
2: Hey, welcome to Private Club Radio. It's wonderful to have you with me here on Monday morning as we chat with Annette Whitley of Copland, Keebler, and Wallace. If you've been wondering what makes great service at a restaurant at a bar, at your private club, you are going to love this interview with Annette. She does a fantastic job giving tips and advice to make your staff perform just a little bit better. And before that, we're going to be joined by Justin Baer of Member Text, and our topic today on Tech Trends will be efficiency. How can you be more effective and more efficient with your communications? So you're going to love that one too. Now, generally, I pre-record the interview, but I actually do the setup on Mondays live. But this Monday, I am traveling. We are going over to Hammock Beach to shoot my new television show called Let's Play Through. And I would love for you to be a part of the launch of this show. And in order to do that, what I need you to do is subscribe to my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is just my name, youtube.com Gabriel Aloisi. And I'll also make it a very easy link in the show notes. But if you could hit the subscribe button and turn on the little notification bell, you will get updated when the show launches. It's looking like middle of October right now. And it's going to be a really fun time. I don't want to spill too many details, but I will be releasing a trailer to the show very shortly and I'll let you know when I do. But it's going to be a little bit different, not your normal golf show, definitely a little different than Private Club Radio, but it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be about golf and travel and a lot more. So head over to YouTube, search for me or just pop in slash Gabriel Aloisi if you can spell it or hit the link, and I would be really thrilled if you would do that. All right, without further ado, we're going to bring on Justin Baer from Member Text. Here we go. And now... It's time for Tech Trends, presented
1: by Member Text.
2: Welcome to another edition of Tech Trends, presented by Member Text. I'm joined by founder of Member Text, Justin Bear. It's great to have you back on the show, Justin. How are you?
1: Hey, okay, great. Doing well. Thanks so much for having me.
2: Yeah, thank you. I want to talk to you today a little bit about efficiency and how technology is, is helping people become more efficient and communicating with their customers more efficiently. It seems most startups now are all about saving time. What examples are you seeing out there, Justin?
1: I I totally agree that. So like all the big startups, I think people in general hate waiting, right? Nobody wants to wait. And I think this this big trend of startups that you have, like Instacart, where they deliver your groceries, um, it's not about the groceries. It's about saving me the 25 minutes or half hour from driving to the grocery store and parking and cutting that all that out. People are willing to spend money to save time, especially wealthier people. Right? especially or you know, busy um, executives that don't have the time. They want things sped up. Even if, you know, if you can save them ten seconds or two minutes, they are willing to pay for it.
2: Yeah, I, I think of when I get out of the airport, and back in the day, I used to have to sit in a in a taxi line, like the cab line. Then you'd go up to the mm-hmm. guy and yeah. tell him where you were going, and then he'd quote you some ridiculous price. And now we've got Uber and Lyft. Mm-hmm. I mean, these technologies are really changing all of that it's all about saving time it seems like
1: totally i mean and to take it you know if you think about you know extremely wealthy people they're willing to pay insane exorbitant premium for private air travel like sure are the seats great yeah they're i mean are they better than first class in a you know in a united or, or american airlines like maybe a little bit but what it does is it saves time they don't have to go they can get to the airport you know just when their plane's about to take off they don't have to go through security they're not waiting there an hour and a half ahead of time They're they're playing an insane premium just for those two or three hours savings of being in the uh, in the airport so when it comes to clubs it's always like okay well how can we shave off minutes seconds from a member's experience because they just so much appreciate that and love it and are willing to pay more for it
2: yeah i have this american express platinum card and I think my favorite benefit is that they pay for my TSA pre-check and global entry every year because, yeah. man, those lines in an airport, it, you feel like you're in Disney World sometimes. Totally. It's wild. I mean, in fact, we can use Disney as an example. I mean, my friends just paid a, a probably twice the price for the a, a ticket just so they could skip all the lines with their easy passes and all those sorts of things. It's all about saving time.
1: Absolutely. And so when it comes to the club, you know, as a general manager, how can you shave times off for members? So a couple ideas that, that I was thinking is one, I think one of the somewhat of annoying thing is waiting for your bag. So whether that's, Hey, I'm driving up, I'm going off campus to play golf. And I want my bag up to the front. Well, can I text ahead? You know, obviously you can, you know, can you call ahead, but can I text ahead? I'm in a meeting. Can I do that? Can I text the ballet and have my car waiting for me ahead of time? could be an interesting one. Um, we just set up a club recently with the ability. We, first of all, we enabled the landline numbers of the club. So this one club has a pavilion. It's their kind of casual dining uh, concept. And we enabled the, the number that goes into that restaurant. And now members can text ahead and say, hey, I'm coming in for a to-go order. And what they're saying is to-go orders are going up because it's just easy and fast and the, but, if they're not busy, they can take the food right up to the valet stand and boom, they hop in their car, and people get to use their minimums. So a lot of neat ways, I think people the clubs are kind of figuring out of how they can save members' time, and one of them, I mean, is, <laughs> is texting.
2: yeah, it certainly is. The other great thing about the text message is there's a lot less room for a mess up, right? So if you text your food order and, I'm driving in my car and I'm texting, hey, I would like a meatball Parmesan with extra sauce and, you know, uh, onions, then there's no real excuse if, if it doesn't come the way exactly I wanted it, right? There's n- there's nothing that's lost in translation, which if you're calling Great somebody, point. you know, you, you lose reception or something cuts out or, you know, somebody beeps in, which, you know, kind of cuts the call out a little bit. But that just doesn't happen with text. And I think that's kind of nice.
1: Yeah. A, a, a great point, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you know the other thing I would think is it's even faster, so think about let's say it's pouring rain out or it just poured, and you're thinking about, hey, whether the course is open or it's car paths only or not, you have to if you want to make a phone call, usually everyone dials and calls the pro shop right? Well, if you think about it by the time you like figure find the number in your phone in contacts, hit send, it rings. They 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 say, hey, can you hold on a second? That's the worst. On, I hate like, that.
2: I hate that so much. Right. <laughs> uh, not only
1: that, even just to say the words, we're talking two, maybe three minutes, right. when really all I care about is five words. Hey, you know, and you can just text. And now we we're now able to kind of text pro shops, right? Um, you know, hey, is it car pads only today? It's like nobody cares about the niceties anymore when it comes to text. You don't have to say hi, John. It's Mister Jones. How are you doing? Like. None of that.
2: That's true. Sometimes you feel obligated for the small talk when you're on a phone conversation. You can cut all that out with text. I like that.
1: Exactly. So that's one of the cool new features MemberText is offering. We're able to enable a couple of landlines. That's in addition, obviously, our core feature. We're able to kind of blast information about you know, disruptions and weather. And don't forget to sign up for specific events. You know, that's kind of like our blast feature. But we do have this kind of new, new kind of landline next future where we can enable the pro shop or the ballet stand or the bag room or you know, the pavilion or your restaurant. So it's kind of a, a neat thing we're really excited about.
2: That's cool. And so what makes that different from a, a mobile phone, I imagine, is that multiple people have access to that number or can answer from that line. Is that the way it works?
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's an online platform. You don't have to use a personal cell phone, which no club employee wants to use, including your membership directors. So we've got membership directors now enabling their landlines so they can text with prospects um, and not use their personal phone. But yeah, not only that, if there's always a record of it, you know, like in your cell phone, you can de- if you delete it, it's gone. And not only that, I think I heard Verizon is now starting to delete old messages that are after, I think it's three months.
2: Oh really? Wow.
1: Whatever the number is. Huh. Yeah. So you can never like go back. So you always have a trace, you always have a record of it and you could, yes, yeah, so you can have multiple people sign in. So you at this one club. We just signed up this past week. There's actually like a little iPad there or you can use like a iP- uh, Microsoft Surface and they keep it right by the POS. And then it's not just one person, you know, multiple people can see it and it flashes green when there's a new text coming in. So it's pretty neat.
2: Yeah, that's, that's totally neat. What are some other ways that you've seen clubs use the platform in a unique way lately?
1: The latest one was the to-go orders. And what they're saying is is that the to-go order numbers are going up, which is awesome. As far as other kind of efficiency things, I know we talked about this one before, well, not just the texting, but we talked about Slack, I think, in a previous show, Mm -hmm. where I think we're starting to really see some some general managers realize that just internally um, using Slack for communication. And then we're also seeing, I mean, I would say 90% of my clients are using the texting just to text their employees. I know we always talk about membership and engagement of the membership, but now you can actually text, not now, but you know, you can obviously create groups just for different employees. And I've got GMs that say, I want a group just for my golf employees and I want a text group just for my f and So that's kind of like another way to think about it is just even your staff and your board and saying, hey, don't forget, we've got a board meeting tonight. Being able to send that one text out, and you know, you write it in 30 seconds and the platform shoot it out to, you know, your 15 people and you're done. So much better than email. you know, I kind of.
2: That's super. Yeah, totally. I, th- I didn't even realize they could do that. Could you do like different groups of like golfers? Could you do like the men's group and then the women's group or the, the uh, young adults group, things like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that for sure. You can do as many groups as you want. Segment them, filter them however you want. You can send a text just to the guys with this specific, specific member category, with this age group. I mean, you can really drill down. Um, plus, you can create groups on the fly as well. So, um, as an example, I anyway, know Arizona Country Club for their member guests, they just create a group on the fly. They drop just the participants of member guests in this one text group. And then the pro can send that really fun messages. you know, ripping on the guys and sending <laughs> photos and saying, hey, don't forget, you know, after the round, we're doing cocktails and hors d'oeuvres in the main ballroom. You know, it's, you could know, send a note afterwards, thanks so much for playing. Here's a link to our pictures. So a lot of cool ways. That's um, cool. Using it. Yeah, and, and I
2: think yeah. you brought up another point there where, you know, I – I hear text messages and I'm kind of automatically default to just literally typed words, but text messages can do way more than that nowadays. So people are using this to send flyers, pictures, all sorts of things, huh?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, it's, they're putting, you know, you, you shoot a video on YouTube, you can put that in there, but yeah, photos, flyers, that's a neat stuff.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. I could, I could see like the golf pro getting out there once a month and doing a little, you know, tip from the tip from the range of you know how to hit a nice low draw or something like that and then just being able to blast that out to the golf members that would be pretty cool right then and there like on the spot instant on on demand it it fulfills that gratification need that we've got all got nowadays I love it so it's, it's all about convenience it's all about saving time how can you do that you can do that with member text it's a great platform Justin, if they want to find out more or get a demo, how do they go about doing that, sir?
1: Yeah, go to membertext.net, so dot net. or of course, you can call or text me. You can just call me directly, 410-935-1999. That's 410-935-1999. Happy to hop on a call with you, and then we can show you how some other clubs are using it. But the, the cool thing about text is versus email, because I know email is kind of like the main communication tool right now. you know, Email open rates are 30%, you know, 40%. Text message open rates are 98% and they're read within three minutes. So when you need to get that important information out or the club's closed or your disruption is a weather event, texting is going to be a great way to do it. And uh, we'd love to help you out and get you all set up and that's kind of where we shine.
2: That's awesome. Again, once again, that's membertext.net. Check it out. Justin, thanks for being on the show today.
1: Thanks so much. I okay, appreciate it. Join us next month on another edition of Tech Trends presented by MemberText. To learn more about MemberText, please visit membertext.net.
2: Awesome stuff from Justin there, and it's only going to get better. Here is Annette Whitley from Copland, Keebler & Wallace. So my next guest is Annette Whitley of Copland, Keebler & Wallace. She's a consultant and search executive, and she's been 17 years in the luxury hospitality services. She's from Congressional Country Club, and she's worked all over the private club industry. Annette, welcome to Private Club Radio.
0: Well, thank you very much for having me today. Yeah,
2: Why don't you give us a little bit more of your background and uh, hear, of course, that nice West Virginia accent, so I'd love to hear more about that as well.
0: Uh, actually, originally from England. Um, my father's American, my mom's English. So uh, I always say I'm half and half. Uh, <laughs> Good, I like countries. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so grew up in the UK and went to hospitality school at the University of Surrey and uh, joined Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts right out of school in West Palm Beach and had the honor of a wonderful career with them. Um, all over the United States in uh, opening hotels, opening Westlake Village, um in Hawaii, in Vale, Colorado, in Texas, Florida, yes, California. so uh, really enjoyed working with that company. And uh, a few years ago, I was uh, in my I got a call from Jeffrey Creeffle and asked them all kinds of crazy questions about private clubs because I didn't really know anything about them and eventually flew out and interviewed and fell in love with the club and fell in love with Congressional and everything that it is and the opportunity to do something really special there. So I spent the last uh, three or so years with Congressional Country Club before deciding to go out on my own and focus on what my real passion is, which is learning and development and training in food and beverage.
2: I can hear the passion in your voice. I I know you believe that private clubs really need more training daily. And um, tell us a little bit more about that,
0: Annette. I believe that food and beverage across all levels of the industry needs um, more training daily. We are in an industry that is changing so much every day and so rapidly, and our guests and members are traveling more and more and more. And I don't believe we do enough on a daily basis to focus uh, on training our team members on food, on beverage. Yet we always are proud and we have a lot of pride in private clubs that we're the best in our area and the best of what we do and the best of any industry and any sport train every single day Uh, I remember when I was young, I used to uh, love Martina Navratilova, and I remember she carried a tennis ball with her everywhere she went. So she was always focused on that ball and focused on what her goal was. And I take that philosophy through with what we do every day, being focused on training and being focused on the member experience and training. We can't be the best at what we do unless we train and practice every single day at it.
2: Yeah, people often see... You know, really successful folks out there, and they don't—they don't really think about all the time that that was put in to get there to that point. And it all—it all starts with the basics. And so, let's talk about the the foundational principles and and some of the ways that you work with clubs on on the basic stuff.
0: So we make assumptions that our teams know what they're doing because we all eat three meals a day. We all go out to eat frequently we forget to really focus on what some of the absolute basics of what we do are and when I talk about basics I teach posture how how should you stand on the floor what are acceptable postures uh, we shouldn't be leaning we shouldn't be crossing our arms yet you see these habits all over restaurants and clubs daily we talk about verbiage, things to say and not say appropriate phrases. For example, we shouldn't be saying no problem. We shouldn't be saying you guys. So we talk about what's <laughs> acceptable to say and what's not acceptable to say when we're in our restaurant. No problem no. is like one of my
2: huge pet peeves. <laughs> like I <laughs> like I, I always just want to say like of course it's no problem because I just I just asked you to do that. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yet we hear it said all the time. Uh, we focused on uh, other fundamentals. I'm consistently amazed when I go into hotels, resorts and clubs that team members don't know how to carry three plates and they don't know the correct way to bust a table. Uh, they don't run food correctly. They don't know how to perform open handed service we get caught up so much in things that don't matter that we don't focus time and attention on really teaching those basics every day. So that's what I like to start with when I go into a club and work with the team is making sure there's that solid foundation of fundamentals.
2: What would you say is like the number one thing that, that really irks you or that you you see uh, a faux pas committed in, in, in service when you walk into a club or a restaurant these days?
0: Leaning. When I got to Congressional, the very first thing that we focused on, and uh, we focused on it for a good three to six months, was not leaning on things, not Mm. having your hand on the back of the chair, not leaning against a wall or a side station. And it's a really small thing, but if you're not leaning, you present differently, you're paying more attention, and somehow everything just feels a little bit better. So that's Mm. my... That's the first thing I look for, and that's one of my pet peeves.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to start looking for that. I think you're right, yeah. though. I'm, I'm trying to like picture it in my mind. And people just like hunched over a bar that would not be very professional in any way. So yeah. I like that. Um, what else is important um, for you when you're, when you're going into a new uh, club out there? What other things are you looking for?
0: I'm always looking at how focused the team are on the member or the guest. Are they huddling in corners? Are they out paying attention to the tables? It's called waiting tables for a reason because we're waiting for something <laughs> to do for our guests and members, right? Mm-hmm. And if the people are facing the members and aware uh, and having an overall awareness to what is happening and what is going on on the floor, and then also how much they're helping each other and uh, key thing here that I pay attention to is how someone busses a table. Because the correct way to bus a table is all in one go, one shot. This is not a key moment in the service experience. It should happen seamlessly and the member shouldn't be impacted or really even notice it happening. Yet so many times I see a table being bussed in two, three or four trips because one person is bussing the entire table. Hmm. So I teach teamwork. If you can't bust a table in its entirety on its own, you need someone to help you. so that's where the teamwork comes in and how uh, employees start to have each other's backs and out of that, everything else gets a little bit better.
2: That's probably one of my big pet peeves is when i when dishes are sitting on the table I, I really really don't don't appreciate that. And- <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Like or the, I,
0: they're on tray jacks around the dining room, like little mm, fields, Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> little plate Mayan temples all over the dining room. That's another big pet peeve <laughs> of mine.
2: <laughs> you got to know the menu inside and out, I got to imagine. Why are those details so important?
0: So I don't. I think that we really focus enough on the actual food and the actual beverage. We talk a lot about uh, the experience and uh, the members, but tasting food and beverage every day is so important. And it really has to do with confidence. Uh, Frequently, and I'm sure anybody listening here will relate to this, when you go out to eat and you ask how a dish is, you get the response oh, it's great, it's good, Mm -hmm. it's delicious, you'll love it. Right. But that doesn't tell us anything about the dish. So what we focus on is training on all of the details about the dish. What are the main ingredients of that dish? What are the proteins? What are the starches? What are the vegetables? What are the items that have a significant flavor? We focus on how it's cooked because the cooking method provides cooking method affects everything if something's steamed or baked or sous vide or grilled it's going to affect the dish and then we focus on allergies beverage pairings and presentation so if something's stacked or layered or drizzled or topped with and then we put all that together into a cohesive way to describe each dish which then adds value to the experience So when someone asks you about a dish, you can accurately describe it and make recommendations. And when you do that, you're teaching a passion for the product, because if your team are tasting food every single day, and not just the special, tasting actual items from the menu, because that's the other thing you hear employees say all the time is, I haven't tried that dish, which should never be the case, they should be completely versed in every dish on their menu. And when they do that every day, they become so much more confident. And when they become more confident, then they gain more trust. And when they gain more trust from the members, the members start to relax a little bit more. And then they're able to guide members through a dining experience with a lot more confidence. It feels better. It's more memorable. So just starting with that product and teaching that product, I feel, affects all of the experiences throughout any restaurant in any private
2: club. I want to put a highlighter on that statement you just made cuz I think it's really important to have a passion for the product that I mean it does come through it's when I go out and you know the I get read the specials of the day and it's just a list of ingredients you know yeah. that kind of puts me to sleep right but if 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 you go into the detail of like wow you know the way this is paired or the the way that the citrus flavor highlights uh, the the savory flavor of the dish I think that when you when you see someone passionate about it, it, it it's just such, it's a it lifts that level of experience uh completely um, and so I love that passion for the product. That's such a good point. Um Absolutely.
0: Let's, and the chefs put so much effort into their menus, it needs to come across in the dining room, especially if something's house made or local or significant signature to that club, we need to be talking about it. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah exactly. Absolutely. Let's talk about the uh, that emotional skill set that you alluded to earlier. Why is that so important to develop with the team?
0: Well, the workforce that we have nowadays uh, evolving and there much, much younger employees coming in. And I hear a lot about millennials. Um, I guess technically I am a millennial. And uh, we put a lot of focus on millennials. but a lot of millennials are just crying out for leadership and they're crying out for people to show them and teach them. And a lot of studies show that millennials are far more loyal to people than they are to companies. So that emotional piece and that emotional connection from a leadership perspective, I think, is very important to mentoring and developing the next generation. But then from a service perspective, the focus on habits and empathy and um, just good skills as it pertains to being a team player are so important especially now that the competition is becoming greater and greater within hospitality restaurants food and beverage operations for example i always use chick-fil-a but you go into chick-fil-a regularly and they're going to use your name and they're going to say my pleasure And they're going to try and go above and beyond. So our competition now, our fast food restaurants, uh, it's no longer good enough to just use the name and say my pleasure. So we have to spend time and attention focusing on developing our team and developing their awareness, their self-awareness, their ability to empathize with members, to put themselves in a member's place and look for ways to make their day better. And then lastly, I always focus back in on self-esteem. And this is as it relates to team members and members. Because if you can go out and make someone feel better about themselves, then you've got them. They'll be loyal to you no matter what happens. So how are we doing that with each other? And then how are we doing that for our members? And We have put a lot of emphasis in the past about selecting for these skills, but I don't think we spend enough time now developing and training for these skills because that's gonna be the differentiating factor in how well we do moving forward. Because once you have those fundamentals in place and the team are not leaning and they know their product, the differentiator now is that emotional piece and how we really go above and beyond to take care of our members.
2: Yep. You're right. You got to continually elevate and raise the game. I've got a friend who um, owns a number of McDonald's actually, and they started mm-hmm. using people's names at McDonald's uh, for yeah. their orders and things like that. And, and um, you're right. It, it, you just got to keep innovating. You can't ever really stand pat in today's world uh, or else you're just no, going to left behind. Um, yeah. You're also passionate about systems. And, and why do you think systems are so important?
0: Because I can come in and train any team for a week or two and then leave and what's happened after that. So I really like to spend time with the teams that I train and looking at how does how do we keep this going? How does this become part of what you do so that I come in and refresh or drive things forward rather than have to start from scratch every time I visit? club mm-hmm. so systems are our daily pre-shift briefings how are they structured are we talking about food every day are we tasting beverage every day are we talking about service standards every day recognition team and all of that good stuff and how is that structured and when does that pre-shift happen and who attends it and then i talk about weekly quizzes because if we're not keeping score then how do we know when we're winning mm-hmm Uh, We talk about uh, standards tests, making sure that we are testing our employees in role-playing, and then the member feedback as well. How are we keeping track of uh, a culture of feedback and making that culture of feedback something that is positive and not negative? So self-reporting things when they're good and when they're bad. So what I mean by that is, really recognizing when things go well and holding that up but when things don't go so well being open and honest and talking about that too mm-hmm. um i mentioned i worked for four seasons for many years i still work with them i help open new hotels and i go in and i train uh, four seasons employees on their own standards and they have a system called a glitch database and the sin is not reporting something that went wrong So everybody reports, I messed up, I made a mistake. And if you make a mistake, then it's how you recover from it. And when you have that culture that you're not in trouble, if you make a mistake, then more mistakes get reported and then we can be better and better at what we do. Wow. So building systems like that within clubs is so important because then we know how we're improving and if we're improving and how much we've improved.
2: I think that that's important outside the dining room as well. I I'd love to see uh, clubs adopt that culture throughout the throughout the different areas of the operation. That that's that's such a that's such a good point. I don't think I've ever heard yeah, anyone talking Yeah, we implemented it. That. cool. Yeah,
0: we implemented it congressional. We called it the uh, MES. So if you had a mess, it was the, the member experience <laughs> okay. system. Yep. And we implemented it congressional. It took a while to get people to feel like they weren't going to get in trouble, but Right. Uh, after a while you realize that uh, you're only going to be in trouble if you don't say something. And then also once you've had a problem with someone, you can fix it. And actually that's kind of a gift because oftentimes the members or guests that we have a problem with, if we can recover them and we're great at recovery, then that's a relationship that you've just started and things have got better.
2: Yeah. Mm, Absolutely. I I have another question for you, Annette. Um, Obviously, you know, a lot of times people think of a service job as sort of a transient position. And that's the opposite of what we want in the private club industry. It's important to really have people that stick around. What are some of the ways you'd suggest that, um, you know, what's one easy way that a club can get their folks to stay longer?
0: In my opinion, and in my experience, that's your culture. You have to create an environment where your team are learning and growing every single day and they feel involved and this open flow of communication, this regular feedback, it's culture.
2: Yeah.
0: Really, culture and relationships because you can have all the most incredible systems and training in place, but uh, without the cultures, the intangible, it's what you can't see, it's what you can't photograph, but it's really why people stay. Um, the
2: relationships and the culture. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. In fact, I'm, I've been giving a presentation and uh, I'm giving it next week to the uh, entrepreneur organization here locally in Tampa. And it's about attracting uh, millennials in the workforce and how do you retain mm-hmm. employees. And that's exactly the point. One of the points I make is they really need to buy into the core values, the mission, the vision of of the company. And once you get that buy-in, then the, the, the younger folks will stick around. But if but like you said, you know, they don't want to really um, interact with, uh, you know, some faceless organization. It, it needs to be in a personal way as well. And so that's such a great point. Um, Absolutely. How did how did Copland, Keebler, and Wallace snag you, by the way?
0: <laughs> you know, one of the key things I've learned this year is sometimes you have to say no. <laughs> and and uh, when I left Congressional, which was... Probably one of the greatest experiences of my career Uh, I knew that I wanted to work with teams uh, doing this training and developing so I started my own business and I have a a really long long lasting friendship uh, with a, a lady who does the training with Four Seasons so she is getting busy so she needed another person to go in and do the Four Seasons trainings so I was really just doing that and picking up a few different clubs here and there in my local area and uh, Kurt called me a couple times about a couple job openings uh, in, in the area uh, for you know, F&B directors or I think there was an AGM one. And I said, no, Kurt, I'm, I'm doing my own thing. I'm not interested. I'm doing my own thing. He picked up the phone and he said, well, what are you doing? <laughs> so I told him and he said, well, we should get together with Tom and talk about what you're doing. So we all met and got together and they said, well, how about you do this? With uh, Colton Kieber and Wallace. And I just couldn't be more honored to be a part of that group. And they're just such incredibly passionate, fun people. And they're going to push me to be better than I could ever have been on my own. And I'm really excited about that.
2: It sounds like a perfect partnership. I mean, they're, they're such forward-thinking company. It's it's no wonder that yes. they got someone as as uh, talented as yourself. Um, how do how do folks reach out to you, or if they're interested in, in having you come and do some of these trainings, how do they go about doing that, Annette?
0: Uh, they can reach out to me via email, which is Annette at KK dot com, or through the website, uh, through Copeland Fevers and Wallace's website as well.
2: That's fantastic. One one last question for you before I let you go. What is the best dining experience that you've ever had?
0: The best dining experience that I've ever had?
2: Outside the Four uh-huh. Seasons, because obviously you're going to be partial to that one.
0: <laughs> I would say it was Alinea, which is actually a three Michelin star restaurant in Chicago. And the reason I picked that is because I feel we get so caught up with the concept of fine dining and I hear everyone say my fine dining restaurant is here and it's all white tablecloth that's not often ironed, by the way. Mm -hmm. And so from the left, it's all super formal white shirts and bow ties. And we have this image of fine dining that we hang on to, which doesn't exist anymore. And the reason I choose a linear is because a linear is New fine dining. When you walk in the restaurant, it's completely unlike anything you've had before. There's no tablecloth to be seen. They use open-handed service. Every course had different style of silverware. There were courses served in my hand. There were courses you ate with your hands. It was completely unexpected, but it challenged... The status quo challenged what you would initially think of fine dining being, and it was every bit as good as any meal I'd ever had
2: before. That's awesome. Uh, it's always the best when it's unexpected, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> That's yeah, so absolutely. cool. Absolutely. That's so
2: awesome. And that I I enjoyed this conversation immensely, and I, I hope a lot of folks will reach out to you soon to have them come work with you at their club. I know a couple clubs here locally that I would definitely like to recommend to you. <laughs> Because it's well, a revolving you, door do. of, of wait staff. <laughs> but um, no, I really enjoyed the chat and um, hope to have you back here again on Private Club Radio again.
0: Well, thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure.
2: Solid gold right there from Justin and Annette on this week's episode. If you loved it, I wish you would share it. Share it with a colleague. Share it with a friend at the club. Share it with your members. I'll catch you back here next week on Private Club Radio. And until then, here's to your membership success.
1: Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners, helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Concert Golf has the capital, expertise, and private club hospitality experience to help upscale private clubs, achieving long-term success and membership growth. For 25 years, Concert Golf has allowed private club members to focus on simply enjoying their club. Visit concertgolfpartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.